All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
realize, you know, with, when the sun comes up, the weather gets a little warm. Meanwhile, yeah. there's other people around the globe that are just enjoying this, you know, maybe eight to 10 months a year. So I, I just, oh, it's I, I'm excited. Cause I said to my kid yesterday, like, this should be the day that the snow finally melts out of our backyard. There'll be no more snow. It, right. It yeah. gets up to 14 and 14 in yeah. October. You're like, damn it. It's cold. The 14 in April. You're like, this is so yeah. nice. People got Good shorts point. on. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just a nicer time. Anyway. Uh, Agreed. And it's, it's time to sit for beers. Right. Uh, yesterday was the first time I sat out back, poured myself a white water and enjoyed just sitting there. Nice. In the sun. Right. Like I had no purpose, but I just want, like, it just felt good for a change. That vitamin D is huge. Oh, it's amazing. I know I am. I'm a huge advocate of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I take the pills year round, uh, but, but nothing compares to the real thing when that sun's up there, you're just happier. So anyway, this Tarps is also off, we can rally huh? around Wally. We're on the same team right now. This is you good. know what you and Let's I keep... will go for walks. That's our new thing. Uh, I'm coming know. to Manatick. Oh, I... We're going to walk around the neighborhood. I'll give you the wrong address. Just forget where I live. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, We'll move on with the show then, since you don't want to hang out with me. Uh, Today's show brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Go to sportsinteraction.com slash Wally Mathot for the most competitive live daily odds, which includes this weekend coming up is the Masters. Stay tuned at the end of the show. We are going to pick our Masters winner. Um, I would make a bet with meth, but he still hasn't paid me for the last one. So I'm just not going to bother. But Craig is also. You're supposed to cook us a steak. Off of base based off of what? I don't remember. It was a bet a year well, ago, and you, you still haven't just, come. You through. can't just throw out a blanket accusation and then claim that I, I owe you a steak listen, without actually. I don't telling have time to wrong. keep track of all the stuff you're supposed to give to me. I just know that all we right. made a bet. I won, and you never paid. You owe me a steak. Well done. And you can ask Craig when he comes on if this is true or not. Well, okay. I'm taking you guys out to dinner next week. I've already <laughs> said that in our little group chat. So does that count? No, there's still no reservation. So we'll see about that. Yeah, uh, well, okay. There isn't, but don't worry. Yeah, it's handled. No more of us. Cause we have Alfie on the show today. Like this couldn't be, this is a huge show. I'm excited to get to yeah. this one. So yeah, uh, we're going to get through the send stuff. They're playing extremely well, but everybody wants to hear about Daniel Alfredson and what he has to say. So uh, as always, today's guest brought to you by the cool, refreshing summertime taste of whitewater beer. It is so good. Anyway, try the new Kiwi lime flavor. It's a sour. Uh, you can get it at the LCBO, but order it online. Save 15%. Go to shopwhitewater.ca. Use the wham-funkyfresh in the coupon code redemption. By the way, uh, you can get it for anywhere at 15% off. You can order anything online. Uh, Whitewater, brewed by friends, for friends, the official beer of the Hockey Hall of Fame. Don't forget, they also do uh, home delivery. And boy, oh boy, is it good on a nice spring day. Uh, headlines, meth as we get into the show. Okay, so a little bit of controversy Tuesday night. I will say, by the way, you did help pick the winner uh, when we did our we, sports betting. We both before. did. Yeah, I I think I'm closer as a 5-2 victory than you were to the 4-3 victory. I also yep, called it Brady Kachuk. Uh, I would like to, uh, and I rarely get it right, so I'm going to brag about this for a minute. Take it. I'm with you on that. I'm happy for you. <laughs> they look really good. We'll get to that in a sec. We got to talk, first yeah. of all, that's the knee on knee, the big problem in this whole game, or what was the highlight or a low light, if you will. Tim Stutzla gets need by uh nick suzuki it's a two-minute minor people in ottawa want nick suzuki's head on a platter people in montreal <laughs> think that tim stutzla is a diver i think it's in yeah. the middle uh i agree you play the game it's at a fast pace you tell me what you saw with nick suzuki um so for for those who 
Well, and understandably so. You know, the fan base is always going to rally behind yep. one of your star players, no matter what the situation is. Um, but with the way Suzuki went in, it, first of all, you can't blame the referees for just calling a minor because it happens very quickly and they don't have the angles that we have. Like that one angle from behind the net on the goal yep. line that you can see like perfectly clear on the hit. Um, you know, it, it, it might look a little more egregious there when you break it down into like a slower motion clip, Wally. I, I think the call was right. You know, it's an unfortunate um, hit. Do I like the hit? No. He's very clearly emphasizing the legs. For me, it's not an attempt to hit the knee. It's more of an attempt to make contact because he was going to miss him, right? Yes. So he sticks his leg out to 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 make the contact to try to eliminate He's got a pivot. from the play. Exactly. So I don't think it's, and you said you used the word egregious. I agree. I don't believe he went in there maliciously to try and take out Tim Stutzler's knee. It's a yeah. knee jerk reaction, pardon the pun, yeah. to turn because <laughs> Stutzler is going around him and he's got to right. he's got to try and stop him. I, it's a fast paced yeah. hockey game. Like let's not yeah. forget, you're breaking this down in a slow motion replay. Uh, yeah. You go on the ice and see about trying to not let. Tim Stutzla go by you. You're going to try and move to stop. And he's, and this isn't the first time he's done this. So he did this on, um, oh man, I had it locked down here. What, what was the date? I think it was, uh, what's the 10th? Yeah. No, 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 no. With Stutzla where he avoided a check and there, he was accused of diving quite a bit. Yeah. Um, October, December 23rd. Does that make, yeah. The no, sorry, not December, October 23rd. October 23rd. I'm so, I'm so, I know I say this all the time. Don't I'm give idiot. us any more memes. You, Wait, no, yeah, I'm going to keep talking. Take this so there's no well. more memes. The thing is, I don't care. Someone cut it up the other day, actually, and, and tweeted me in one anyway. Um, but, but I had a tweet where I wrote, I know people didn't like that call in Stutzla late in the third. That was when he was diving a couple times in yep. the game. Yes. And then there was a pretty aggressive hit where this is the point I'm trying to make is when you're a very fast skater, Stutzla, like I know all the focus is always on um, Formanton and his speed. Yeah. Stutzla is very fast and, and, and it's, and it's especially with the puck, right? Like he doesn't right. seem to break stride too much, even when he's handling the puck, he still, he still has that Connor McDavid esque speed when he's handling the puck up the ice uh, bold comparison. I know, but in any case, when you're trying to defend him, it's, it's, it's very easy to take a penalty. Stutzla is very good at drawing calls. The problem is it's the little extra theatrical dramatic yes. movement that he'll do on those, on those hits. So anyway, I'm, I'm this dragging is, this yeah, out. No, 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 This is because we're getting into this. This is a problem you see even all yeah. throughout hockey is the guy that lays down, pretends that he's, and, his leg has been amputated. And then two seconds <laughs> later, he's on the first power play unit. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, and that's and, it. Right. And that was what Gallagher was talking yes. about. And I'm not, if there's anybody that's impartial. gotten into more battles with Gallagher, it's me. Like <laughs> me and him, it, we, we, people would write about it. Like we were go all over each other in the playoffs all the time. And I have nothing but respect for him. So I'm not a Gallagher apologist. I want to make that very clear. I'm just saying I'm a Stutzla fan, but I think we can't all be up, up in arms too much over that play. It's a, it's a hit. These plays happen, particularly when you're dealing with a very fast player. Suzuki absolutely should have, should have been in the box like he was. I don't think it goes further than that. It's okay for people to be passionate, but I don't think it goes beyond that. Okay, but if you're on the Montreal Canadiens, is Tim Stutzla a diver? Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? for sure. I would consider him a bit of a diver, but that's just passion. And, um, you know, I love it. I like all this stuff that's happening. 
is great for the game. Like two things can be true. It could be a dirty hit and Tim Stutzler does dive yeah. sometimes. Yes. He's on the ice a lot and he's complaining when he's on the ice. When you're a young player and you're doing that, you're going to guard, you're going to gain some attention. And yeah. Um, and it's, 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 it's a huge pain in the ass. If you're an opponent, you're seeing that you're like, get off the ice, stop being a baby. Um, so I can understand both sides, you know, and I, I'm obviously biased typically with the Ottawa senators sure. and take that side, but I can understand both ways here. And I, I, like I said, and I know I'm repeating myself, it doesn't need to go beyond that. I do laugh at Brendan Gallagher, who has been a notorious. Yes. Diver, if you will, or someone who is light on no, his skates. I will say it. I love Gallagher. Like as a player, I'd want him on my team. I know that maybe there's been a little bit of regression and the team's been struggling and he's not the same player right now, maybe. And uh, But in any case, he dove. He do, used to dive all the time. When I would play against him and I'd give him a good stiff arm on the wall coming down one-on-one, -on -one, the head would jack back. And, you know, the look at the ref and all, like, I'm used to that. I'm I'm aware of his game. That's what he does. He's a bit of a pest. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I love, I love the drama. I love this stuff. This, we need more of this. This yeah. is great. It creates rivalries. I'm trying to get to the post or the end of the game antics, but this is too good a point. Did you yell at Brendan Gallagher or does the bench yell at Brendan Gallagher to say, call him a diver all the time? Yeah. Oh yeah. And you do that with people all the time. There, there were, and, and it's not just exclusive to Gallagher. There are plenty of times where sure. maybe I had a bit of a shady call on being overly aggressive with someone, but I still thought maybe that I didn't belong in the box. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but right after those plays, I'm looking at the player. I'm not even looking at the ref. I'm looking at the player and I'm calling him on it. And I'm using words that you probably can't use words that I've used on my Twitter that I regretfully have used in the past. Anything you could think of to call that player. I mean, I've done, and, and, yeah. and I've been called the same too. It's just part of the game. It's a contact sport when you're okay. allowed to run at somebody and hurt somebody, you know, there's a little bit of shit talking. There's a little bit of all, you know, the extracurricular. So um, anyway, this is one of those plays where I think Stutzler for the most part has learned um, a lot from the start of the season where you haven't seen a lot of diving, but sometimes it's going to creep back into your game when you're, you know, getting involved and it gets physical and that's, that's just the way it goes. So then uh, last point on this, and then we'll move on. Are you surprised at the end when the Gallagher basically runs at Stutzla and then starts the melee? No, I love it. I think it's great. I As want a player, though, if you're on Montreal, is this just going to happen, or is this Brendan Gallagher just trying to make it about him? Uh, no, I think players typically will do that to show some emotion. And when you're a leader, like Gallagher's obviously a leader on that in that group, um, probably one of the go-to guys now. Um, he's trying to spark his group. The team's been struggling. Uh, quite a bit this season, obviously. And when things are going very well, people want to see a little bit of passion. Um, there's one thing of when you, when you're getting pumped on the scoreboard and then you just roll over and die, it's not typically a good look and the coaches hate it. So getting a little involved, I know as a, as an opponent, you know, being the Senator fan base, it's annoying. You don't want to see it, but um, you know, I think when, when you see your team exude that, that type of passion, despite being on the losing end, it can come across you know, in a positive way. And I think I, I like that stuff. I'm a fan of it. Uh, we're, it gives us talking points. It's not yep. a boring game. It's, it's entertaining. Uh, doesn't really matter, but April 3rd, last year, the Ottawa senators went into Montreal and won six to three. And on April 5th this year, they went into Montreal and won and six that's, to three. And that's, that's another thing that I wanted to mention very quickly. You know, we're seeing where 
the team is playing good hockey. And my concern is that they're playing loose right now, a lot like yeah. last season. And I don't want to put too much weight on it. Now you can't fault them for that. I mean, what else are they going to do? They're not going to go out there and play poorly. They're going to do their best. Um, I just hope that they can remember how they've been playing now, remember the system they've been playing and try to carry that into the you know next year. Cause this is ending on a good note is always a good thing. It obviously yeah. affects your, your, the draft lottery to a degree, but yes. Um, ending strong is important. It's important for progression. I just hope that they can continue that going into October next year. Okay. So I'm going to skip ahead. We're going to get to the, how the Sens are playing. They're on the move, as we like to say, uh, which seems to be a perfect time to talk about Boyd moving. Uh, want better pay, more respect. How about more job security? It's time to move to Boyd moving. If you're an experienced mover, truck driver, or just a hardworking go-getter who wants rewarding work, then it's time to turn your job into a career. Apply today. Boydcareers.ca. They have all kinds of job openings. Uh, check them out. Boydcareers.ca. Boyd moving. We keep Ottawa moving. Uh, and on the move is the Ottawa Senators. 4-1-1 one one in their last five games. They're looking to win four in a row for the first time this season. It would also be the first time since you played on the team that they're going to win four in a row if they can beat Nashville on Thursday. 2016-17. Uh, That's a crazy amount of time when you think about it. Can they do it, Matt? And you talked about playing loose, and that's the... That's the only problem I have with this team. They always play better basically when they're out of it. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a natural um, thing as an athlete. I think when, 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 it, you know, when the, the pressure is severely decreased and you're not playing in those very important games, everyone just seems to play a little bit better typically. And it's very strange. It's a weird phenomenon. And it, it's when I played, it was the same thing. And when I was in Columbus, where guys are just kind of playing free and there's no stress. And despite being clear, clearly out of the playoffs in the postseason, you're going to the rink every day. The weather's finally getting warmer. Everyone's light and happy and, and, and in a good mood. So um, I don't mind that. I, 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 I don't see it now. The, like, let me rephrase that. I don't know that it's overly important now to focus on wins. You just want to play properly and you want to focus on your young core moving forward. Who's with you next season? Who are the sure. guys? This is an opportunity to get your assessments in the fringe players. Are they going to be here next season? So you're going to be scouting them. You're going to be making sure that you're rolling your lines, roll four lines, roll three lines on D let everyone play, let everyone, um, you know, see what they can do. And uh, I mean, but for me at false. this point, that's, that's the hard thing, right? Like right now for us, it's like, what are you really playing for? Well, you have to find those little, those little battles, those little incentives that are, that are there every day when you go to the rink and it's, you're playing for your con, your next contract, you're playing for perhaps a spot on the team next season. You got to find some motivation. I think it's a false sense of security. That's all I'm saying. When DJ Smith says this team knows how to win now and all they don't because when the games really oh, matter, yeah, okay. they're yeah, not playing well enough. And so at the beginning of the yeah. season, when the games matter and, while you don't win a Stanley Cup in October, November, you can certainly take yourself out of it. And that's where I want yeah. them to have to figure this well, out. Well, I agree. But at, at the same time, and, and that's where my optimism has been coming from in the last few games when we're doing these sports interaction hits and I'm trying to guess yeah. who wins. And we've been picking Ottawa more lately. I yeah. just love, I mean, the way Kachuk and Norris have been playing and Batherson, like the top guys are healthy. I know I mentioned it already on, on the other, on the last show, but they're playing much more confident and they're, 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 they're just, they seem to be carrying the team. Are you getting a ton of depth scoring? We're getting a little, we saw Watson pot a couple, but, but I'm focused on the top two lines right now. I'm focused in on sure. your, your big guns. How are they looking? Cause they're the ones that carry you throughout the season, right? They're the ones that take the, the lion's share uh, of the workload. So I love the way they're playing right now. I love the way Brady's been playing. 
last couple of weeks in particular, I feel like he's elevated his game again. He's, you know, he's not taking dumb penalties. He's controlling the puck so well. He's got that commanding force and respect out there. No one wants to go near him. Um, and we're seeing it now more and more every game. So I, I'm very happy with the way the group is up front. Um, but I do agree with you though, Wally. It's like, you know, these meaningless games, you know, it's, it's, what do you, what it's, do you pick? What do you get from them? Right. right. I, I don't, I don't even know how to elaborate any further on that. I just play out the rest of the year, focus on next season. They are fun to watch. They've got 16 goals. I think it is in the last three games, if I'm not somewhere in there. Um, yeah. the question I have for you, then you talked about the unicorn that is Brady Kachuk. He has 24 goals on this season, 13 so games left. Does he yeah. get to 30 goals? Do we have two 30-goal scorers on our Ottawa Senator team this year? Well, we know now that there's potential moving forward to have that and then some, right? Like, like yeah. who knows what Norris will do on a, in a full year. So um, with Brady, not an area that I expect him to contribute a ton in, but seemingly manages to do it anyway. Like, he quietly gets to 30. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can you like, imagine? He, yeah. He doesn't have the flashy one-timer like Norris does on the side there on the power play. Brady just gets those dirty goals. But then he's got a couple, you know, he, he pulls out some of these skillful shots. Like, we saw the through-the-legs attempt yesterday, the spinorama backhand pass to, to Norris on the two-on-one. I mean, he just figures it out. So, a very promising future. I mean, I, I really just, I just hope they don't mess this up, you know, and, and, well, and, yeah. and even with competent people, it's difficult, right? It's very, it's very difficult to build a legitimate winner. I know that, but man, oh man, with some of these guys now, I just, I really hope they can seize it and make it work. The interesting part of this is if Brady gets to 30 and I don't want to belabor this point is Josh Norris's contract could actually go down. Cause you'd be like, well, I can't pay you more than Brady. He's the captain. He does everything, and he's got thirty. So you're just gonna have. <laughs> it's to true. Less. That's a good point, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Brady or Josh can go. Hey, I'm the only thirty goal scorer on the team. Uh, it's a problem. Uh, it's a nice problem. It's a really have. good point. Yeah. yeah. No, I know for sure, for sure. And, and that's that's. I know we talk about it a little bit here um, on the show, and we talked about it last show. But I'm really curious to see what he gets. Like yeah. at this point, oh. even even with Zub, Zub's another guy. Like I'm, yeah. I'm wondering how do you how do you like what's the value there? Like what do you what does he see himself making? And that's I'm so curious to see how the team handles that. And and are they going after them this summer? Right. And and that's why Frank Cervalli threw out the point of Zub's name has been possibly mentioned because they're not sure if they've got enough money to throw at him or what he wants to ask for. Imagine not re-signing your best, you know, that's, but I mean, I'm not, and that's not a criticism to the team. I just know like there's a few, there's guys that they're going to need to lock up now, as we all talk about at length and um, you know, with Stutzla and Norris, and then at some point over the next couple of seasons in in two and a half years, it'll be Sanderson. Like this this could be a lot of money thrown around. This might be a cap team, Wally. This might be the Rangers. Settle down, Matt. Settle down. (laughs) Uh, By the way, the Ottawa Senators are paving the way for a future. We're going to get to Matthew Joseph in just a sec. Uh, But BEI is a perfect time to talk about uh, spring just ahead. That means time to start landscaping. Uh, Need some landscaping stone aggregate. Maybe thinking of redoing the driveway. Uh, or Meth's big mansion could probably use a new paveway. Uh, Bonisher Excavating is here to help with the competitive pricing on your landscape needs. Give them a call, 613-432-1120, or go to BonisherExcavating.com. BEI, helping to shape the Ottawa Valley. Secure BEI now before everything gets booked up for the spring. Uh, last point on the Sens before we get to Daniel Alfredson. Matthew Joseph, 10 points in seven games since joining the Sens. Nine of those points coming in the last three games. Like Clearly, he's on a heater. It's not something that's going to maintain itself but 
He's playing on the top line alongside yep. of Kachuk and Norris. And what that does, and DJ has alluded to this, moves Batherson down to play with Stutzla. And now teams can no longer just send out their top defensive pairing to play against one line. I, this yeah. is interesting well, going that's... forward. I don't know that Matthew Joseph is a top six forward. He might be. I don't know. But it certainly allows them to have an added dynamic on that roster. Right. Yeah. And good for him. I, I have nothing negative. I mean, obviously, I have nothing negative to say about him. He's a a great young player and he's, he's seizing the moment right now with the sense. I think that's what I admire most when players end up in a new organization is the ability to, you know, have an immediate impact, which yeah. you could make an argument that, you know, you're the adrenaline's running through you. You're, 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 you're in survival mode. You're playing, you know, above and beyond your capabilities to impress a new organization. And um, I hope, I don't expect the point production. I don't think anybody yeah. expects the point production to continue, obviously, but as I mentioned before, the ability to just play with that energy, that speed, he's so good at winning. Uh, well, first of all, puck races, as we all know, we see it. He's so fast, but the puck battles along the wall. And, and then every once in a while, that element of creativity that just seems to come out that I don't think a lot of people really expected. He's got a skill set, And yeah. as his confidence grows, that's going to continue to get better. So I love where his game's at now. And I love the flexibility. The idea that, you know, he's probably realistically a third line player on a, on a, on a fairly good team, mm -hmm. but the fact that you can elevate him in many ways, like you could do with Nick Paul when he was here. So he still brings that versatility that we all thought maybe we'd be lacking in, in, in the Nick Paul absence and, and, and Joseph brings that to the table. So I love that he can kill penalties. He can play him up and down the lineup. I'm a huge fan of where he's at. I don't know where he's going to be next season, Wally, as far as you know, where sure. he fits in, in the, on the depth chart, but I'm a huge fan of his game right now. Love his game. I would just like to point out, uh, I'm going to take a humble brag because I remember saying when they acquired him uh, on March 20th, I tweeted, I will say this about Matthew Joseph. I got to cover him at the 2019 World Championship. He's a great kid. He'll be a really nice fit with this group. I think he'll become a fan favorite with the Sens fans. He's entertaining, outgoing, and he works hard on the ice. He's everything that... Uh, I've least have expected of him. And I'm glad to see that it's working out because a, it's tough to come into a new yeah. team, but B he's just totally. a good kid. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I agree. That was well said. And that's, that's important. That's another element. Um, you know, the glue guy thing that I know people get sick of hearing about, but he's got personality. It's great for the media. It's great for the fan base. And then if you can back it up on the ice, that's always a huge bonus, obviously. So um, big fan. It was a great acquisition by the team. You got to give them uh, hats off to Pierre Dorian for that move. The important thing is, I think once he gets comfortable here, he will become the one of the most important figures in this fr franchise, the party planner. And I think that that's important. <laughs> well, every team team. Yeah, every team has one. Every team has to have a party planner. <laughs> and, it, and, and it becomes, it's, it's very handy, you know, when, when rookie parties are on the corner and you got a guy that has contacts in other cities. So hopefully Matt Joseph has done his work. He's got a little black book with a bunch of names. It'll help them out big time. Uh, I can't wait. Look forward to it. Uh, before we get set for the captain of the Ottawa Senators, a little pearls of wisdom brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Uh, 1,006, that's the number of games Alfie spent as captain, including the playoffs. That's a, obviously a franchise record. 421, that's more points than any other player in Sens history. Alfie had 1,108, Spets at number two at 687. 107 career points versus Montreal, uh, the most by any player in the National Hockey League since 85-86. I got a feeling that Brady Kachuk is going to challenge him at some point. And 14, that's the number of goals in the 2007 playoffs, including four game winners. Both are Sens playoff records. Daniel Alfredson is in the building tonight on Thursday. It is the Swedish night 
at the Canadian Tire Center. So he's excited to be back. We're going to talk to him about that. Uh, lots ahead in the Daniel Alfredson interview. Don't go anywhere. You're watching The Wally Mathot Show, brought to you by sportsinteraction.com. Uh, pleased to be joined now by our first guest, Meth. This is the first time, our first, very first guest in our first show, Daniel Alfredson, the greatest senator of all time. By the way, it is the still most viewed episode we've ever had. So, Alfie, I'll just ask you, how much has your life changed since the last time you were on our show? Uh, oh, my God. You know, I can't go outside anymore. Uh, everybody <laughs> wants to know about the Meth and the Wally show. Wally and Matt. Uh, no, uh, uh, it was an honor to be the first guest, obviously. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you felt too. It's like, where is this going to go? You know, had great intentions in the beginning. And, you know, obviously you guys, guys have, uh, you know, uh, done a great job, keep the momentum up. And uh, a lot of people love uh, tuning into you guys to catch up with, uh, what's hard with, uh, with hockey and the sense. I'm, I'm afraid we peaked at show one, though. Well, you, a lot of anticipation, not just me, <laughs> you guys, uh, a lot of help. Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to be broken and uh, uh, hopefully not before too long. You're such a good politician. I appreciate it. Um, so meth has back issues. He can barely move. I'm just curious. I, I know you've had them in the past. Can you offer up any advice? Well, it helps if you're in shape. Uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, it's it's no fun. Uh, you know, uh, full disclosure, I go to see Jerry Townend, who's the fisher with the Sense. We, we also, uh, 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 I'm in business with him in his location in Senseplex, but he's my go-to guy. Uh, uh, he, he can always, and I think that's the biggest thing for everybody with back problems is, is get a diagnosis. What is it? Is it a SI joint? Is it a, uh, you know, uh, bulging disc just locked up or bulging disc? <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you can do treatment for that, but then how much can you do? Or is that something you need, you know, obviously look at surgery to do, uh, I had surgery, back surgery, and we thought that was a bulging disc too. It's tough to see on MRI because you're laying down. There's no pressure on, on, on the disc the same way. But I ended up having a facet joint that was loose. Uh, and, and surgery for me uh, prolonged my career with, with a few years. And uh, it's been manageable since. Um, yeah, but that, that's no fun. And the pain is, uh, if you haven't had it, it's, uh, it's tough to describe. So I feel for you, bud. But, uh, yeah, uh, Jerry is my go-to guy. Okay. So, in other words, just call Jerry. I'll call yeah. Jerry. Call Jerry. So I will tell you, this is a funny story about Jerry. My kid who, uh, you he's a 14 year old. Anyway, I've taken him to see Jerry over various issues. He's gone in and he loves going to see Jerry because Jerry will sit down and, and will say it's a wrist injury. He goes, Oh, did you have an, have you tried a new stick recently? And he's like, yeah, he goes, well, that's the problem. He's he, the Jerry's a miracle worker. If anybody needs, I know this wasn't supposed to be part of the show. Anybody needs any yeah. physio go see Jerry Townend. He is so good. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah. So you were a coach this year, a uh, head coach in Pembroke. Um, I know it didn't end really well. I believe you got suspended. Uh, do you want to take <laughs> us through uh, your coaching career? And it includes, by the way, Randy Robitaille, former oh. senator, on your bench as well. Yes. Yeah. So we, we ended up coaching uh, uh, Pembroke U18. Uh, uh, Randy has two sons uh, on the team. I have one, Louis, 
uh, and Randy's uh, Colin Hunter were on the team. So we it was in a, in a I didn't look for a head coaching job, but they kind of had a guy that got promoted, got a I think he got a major junior offer, went to coach, and so there was an opening and uh, stepped in to help out uh, and and had fun. Obviously, it's been a challenging year with with COVID and coaching and the last few years, but we, it uh, it was fun. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, um, we try to make it fun. Uh, try to make it uh, you know that the kids had something to look forward to instead of you know they had to do school lockdowns. Life wasn't great all the time, so hockey was something that was fun, uh, and at the same time trying to get better and. Uh, uh, Decent season. We were up and down throughout the year, but we kind of peaking at the right time. Uh, ended up playing two playing games to get to the playoffs. Uh, win the first one. I think it was 6-5. We're down 4-1 after halfway through the game. Come back, win 6-5. Win the second game with three minutes left, 4-3 or 5-4. So great hockey. And then, unfortunately, there was a big uh, scuffle at the end of the second playing game. Uh, the team that... Uh, uh, that lost, weren't happy, and they kind of started. And our guys, being you know, 15, 16 year olds with a lot of testosterone, didn't really <laughs> just want to stand down. So a few fights broke out. And I guess uh, uh, if there's a fight after the final whistle, the head coach gets suspended. And uh, uh. Um, I didn't know that till the day after. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And obviously, Louis, my son, too, was one of the guys in the fight. So he got obviously seven games. <laughs> uh, but he was proud. He won his fight, he said. So good. Uh, anyway, we had ended up with, you know, myself and I think six players suspended. So we had nine skaters going into the playoff series against the uh, second or third best team in the league. Uh, I think we lost. Randy coached those two games. We tried to play, you know. 1-3-1 one, one, a little bit more. After a terrible start in the first game, lost uh, 7-0. Oh. Played an unbelievable, well, they played an unbelievable second game two days later and uh, up with a goal with a minute left. They tie it up and then we lose in overtime. So, oh, man. Yeah, tough, tough, tough end to the, to the year. My first ever suspension ever in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> you got one more than Chris uh, so Neal. I'm not proud of that, but one more than Chris Neal now. He said, well, for now, if he's coaching, don't yeah, watch yeah. point. You it's early, yeah. Well. So, will yeah. you go back and coach again? Uh, I don't know. It depends what uh, what my kids wants to do. Uh, if they continue playing, maybe. Uh, I enjoy it. I do. Uh, it's it's fun. I think it's fun coaching kids, especially uh, at you know high level. This is you know triple A. The the kids are motivated. Uh, so I, I did enjoy it. There's no question. Very good. I was surprised. So there was one day at training camp, you guys were at Senseplex. Pembroke was on one sheet of ice. You and Randy Robitaille. Another is Chris Neal and Mike Blunden. And they're going through some stuff with some other players. And Todd White, I think, is in the building. And it just made me think of all these alumni that are now giving back and helping build hockey in Ottawa. And, and Meth, I know you're part of it as well. It's, that's, it's For us, it's great to see. Like Brad Brown is another guy that's involved in the city. Uh, I've always appreciated now you can see a lot more of guys, Sean Ben Allen, getting involved in minor hockey. So that's been pretty good. Yeah, it's it's great to see. Uh, you know, it's it's 
especially if you have children yourself that, that are involved or, you know, hoping to get involved, it's, it's fun. I mean, it, it's, uh, uh, I was to a different level than, than the pros, but it's, it's at a good level where kids are really motivated to get better. You know, hockey is such a big part of Canada overall. And, and, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay. Do you want to get higher? Do you want to be a higher level coach? Would you ever take to the bench in the national hockey league? Uh, <laughs> uh, I would, I'm not going to say never, uh, but it's not in my immediate future. Uh, you know, even though peewee coaches can get hired by NHL teams, <laughs> uh, it's not something in, in the cards for me right now, but it, it's intriguing. I, I have ideas, obviously, uh, to play the game. Uh, I think I was always uh, intuitively questioning coaches, systems, and, and I can see what would work, what wouldn't work. And I played, you know, everything from 1-3-1, one, one, very defensive, to, you know, really super aggressive two, one, two, four checking where you try to just run over the other team. So I've played it all. I've seen it all. And uh, I have ideas, but you know, it, it's extremely time consuming. So the, it has to be with family and stuff. It has to be a uh, time. Yeah. I was going to say that Alfie, like the amount of time, as you know, now, especially nowadays, right. With the amount of video clips that they're cutting from like seven in the morning until the team finally gets to the rink for practice. And then they're there for hours afterwards. Like that would cut into your, your pickleball time probably. Right. Like, I don't know if you have the time to do that. <laughs> so, so I'm mentioning, I'll get back to that later, but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of time. And, and if you want to yeah. do it, you want to do it right. So you have to commit the time. That, it is where it yeah, is. You totally. Can't, you can't cheat around it. If you want to be competitive and, uh, do a good job. You have to put the time in. Yeah, I, I know our listeners want to me to talk to you about this. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, Alfie. Yeah, pickleball, great sport. I'm pedal tennis, which is, is a, a, a more intense version of pickleball in, in a enclosed. <laughs> uh, that's my sport. We're, we're we're a group here actually that's trying to bring it to to Ottawa. We're uh, we actually got our first court in today from from overseas. It's a portable uh, court. Uh, we're going to use this summer to put it up. So that's, yeah, nice. I, I can plug for that. Yeah. <laughs> what? And you're is... moving around. Wait, wait, Alpha, you're able to move around still like good enough to play like all that back and forth lateral movement with your knees and your back. Like I, I couldn't imagine playing that right now. No, 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 I can't. I, I'm, I'm still, well, I can't. Uh, uh, I quit chewing tobacco here for the last two months. So that hasn't been great for my weight, but I'm supposed to get back to, to shape. I play a ton of tennis in the summer, obviously. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's my uh, go-to sport next to golf. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and and pedal is, is something that, you know, huge in Sweden now that, that we want to bring here. And it's awesome. It's a ton of fun. What what prompted you to quit chewing? Like, I I, I quit chewing about three years ago now. And the, yeah. the first few weeks was really hard. Yeah. Um, What's your experience been like? Not that I want to sit here and talk about tobacco for three hours, but but I, but like, what prompted you to just stop doing it? I'm curious because I know a lot of you Swedish players obviously love it. We, I mean, it's it's a culture thing with hockey players. Going back to you know my dad doing it, uh, everybody did it. Uh, one of the thing is it's it's the Swedish stuff. Uh, it's the only stuff I will do, and it's it's yeah. complicated getting you know importing it into the country. Yes, uh, the tobacco tax is crazy as it should be, and yep. uh, it just became a big hassle. It frustrated me. 
And I was like, enough is enough. So I'm going to quit. And like you said, I, I've quit before. I've held up, you know, three years once, you know, six months. And it, it, it's a tough habit to kick. But uh, yeah, totally. Uh, I use uh, tissue paper now as, as a substitute. Oh, do you? So I have something up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's hard here. That's yeah. <laughs> I love something. that. Well, there's there's just the other day, there's a picture on Twitter of you and Eric Carlson biking in Sweden. And there was a joke about you having some, uh, is it called snooze? Uh, snooze, yes. Yeah. Snooze. Yeah. Snooze. Yeah. In, in your lip. So, yeah, that's that's too funny. Um, I would have to, when I was ordering it in, it would cost like, you know, for 50 tins of Siberia, it would cost, you know, like if you bought it in the States, it'd probably cost you 200 bucks or 250 bucks. Yeah, yeah. When you would import it into Ottawa, the, that price with the taxes was raised up to just over a grand for those 50 yeah, tins. That's when I realized this is probably not a, and my wife despises it obviously. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and, and the, the health, st- the health issues that it can cause too. Anyway, long story yeah. short, I'm happy for you. Stay the course. Thank you. Yes. yes. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know how to segue out of that, um, but we'll give you something else <laughs> to chew on. Um, that, that is uh, with the sense. So I, 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 so let's start. I meant to do this earlier and with the beginning of the interview. Eugene Melnick passed away uh, last week, age of 62. And I know Alfie, uh, you obviously know him very well. I just, your thoughts. Well, it, it's, it's, uh, you know, sad when anytime somebody passes away uh, and I feel for his, uh, his immediate family, obviously, and his daughters, uh, you know, who grew up around the locker room a bit, especially uh, uh, you know, later in my career, they, they came around. Uh, so you, you feel for them, there's no question. Um, and I think there, there's uh, two Eugene Mellis. When he came in, everything was great. He did a lot, you know, obviously to keep the team in Ottawa, stepped up to the plate and uh, was a huge supporter and wanted the best for everybody. And I think that was true for his whole tenure. Um and uh, but there's also another side I think where uh, he created a lot of controversy with decisions he made, and uh, you know uh, we didn't always see eye to eye, which is fair. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's 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 definitely a business, and uh, he's going to make the decisions he feels best from his side, and you know. From my side, with his feelings with him, it's I did the same thing. So there's no uh, uh, personal uh, feelings that are hurt, but uh, we just didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things, uh, uh, hockey-wise, I think, uh, especially at the end. But uh, I think we all do appreciate what he did for uh, uh, for the team to be able to stay in Ottawa. It's uh, it's always sad when somebody passes away. Yep. And I will say it is disappointing because you're not around the organization. And I think that's something that needs to be rectified here in the not too distant future. As I, and, and I hope you want to come back, but I think that Daniel Alfredson needs to be part of the Ottawa Senators. And, and I will throw this out there. We did a, an interview. Oh, our first interview we did with you, Tim Stutzla apparently saw it and was asking more questions about you saying he wanted to meet you. And I don't know if you've ever met Tim Stutzla, but um, there's a whole group of hockey players around this organization that don't know a lot about you. And I don't think that that's necessarily right or fair. And so uh, do you miss being around the group of players? 
Yeah, well, you always do. I mean, that's the the biggest part you miss is being part of the locker room and and uh, uh, being part of a team. Uh, hence, why it's fun to coach and being part of a yeah. group, even though it's not you know professional. Uh, I think we all do that. Um, but it's not something I I go around and it's like, oh, I wish I would be back. Uh, life moves on. Uh, other things happen. Other interests happen. So. Uh, uh, I can't say it's it's something I'm I'm thinking about. You know, we all know there's been talk about other groups um, being interested in buying the Sense. Oh, uh, but but, <laughs> but I think Melnick's been pretty clear that he doesn't didn't want to sell. Uh, does that change now? Who knows? Uh, and I and I've been I have been approached by a few groups groups uh, just briefly, nothing serious at all, and. Uh, uh, you know, I haven't taken any position and, and joined any bid in any way. And uh, would I listen to somebody if, if uh, they were to buy the team and, and come to me? Probably, yeah, for sure I would. Uh, but that doesn't mean I would would uh, uh, jump at the first opportunity either. Yeah, and Alfie, just to touch on, I heard, I missed I missed the opportunity because really you kind of gravitated in towards ownership. But you talked about being around the room and being around the guys. Obviously, Brady's the captain now. Has there been any dialogue with him whatsoever? And, and, and maybe have you had an opportunity to speak to him about what to expect being a captain at the NHL level? No, I haven't. Uh, I, ha- I haven't uh, uh, met any of the, the uh, Stutzel or, or Kachuk either. Uh, I was in at the rink for uh, treatment to see Jerry one day and met some <laughs> of the injured guys from the, when the team was on the road. Yeah. Uh, but but not uh, Brady and Tim, uh, so I, I haven't had any discussions. No. Fair Would enough. you like to to get a, to get a hold of Brady and to have a meeting with him? Yeah, it could be interesting for sure. I would, uh, you know, I, I like the way he conducts himself and the way he plays, and uh, I think he's he's uh, definitely the right choice for the captaincy, and uh, and and uh, I think he carries himself extremely well. Does this team need to be located downtown? I definitely think so, because I live downtown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if you want me to go into a really uh, uh, serious answer, I can't answer that. Uh, I think we all have our feelings on, on uh, how that should play out. But, uh, you know, that's for, for people... Uh, uh, other people to decide obviously if that can work and would that be ideal probably but uh, we'll see what happens uh just and i want to go back to ownership because people have social media has always mentioned you somehow involved you took away my question before you got to answer before i asked it uh people approaching you but you're always rumored to be involved and i like how active would you want to be i don't know I don't know. I don't know at all. Like I said, it's it's uh, uh, it's intriguing. Uh, would I be interested? Yes, I would listen. Uh, to what extent? I mean, it depends. I don't. I don't think uh, uh, you know whoever is uh, in charge uh, have to lay out their plans to their vision, what they see, uh, and, and then I guess I would come in with you know, what I think. And then, you know, we'll, you'll see if there's a fit, uh, but that's, you know, hypothetical. So, uh, I haven't gotten that far yet. 
it wasn't that long ago you went to a game. Was that because Carl was back in town, I think? The San Jose game, maybe? Yes, correct. And so, and you were shown on the, the scoreboard, and I know the cameras caught you. At like, what was that feeling like to be back watching a game in the building? It's always weird going back because uh, I haven't been back much the last uh, the last bit since, since I uh, 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 stopped working with the team. Uh, so it's always weird. It's a lot of mixed emotions, obviously, because there's you know so many times you've gone to the rink and and you're getting ready for a game or you know getting there for a practice and it's 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 you know my workplace for so many years. Mm. There's a lot of different different feelings. Uh, there's no question. It, it's uh, it feels weird when you go in through the spectator, you know, entrance yes. uh, gate two instead of the, the loading dock. Uh, uh, but but it's it's fun to go in the games. I mean, I enjoy going sometimes. Uh, uh, I'll be going next. Uh, well, uh, the seventh of April, I'm going to the game. I think they're playing Nashville. Where they're they're doing the Swedish Heritage Night. Uh, oh, nice! That I'm that I'm going to be part of, so uh, I'll be there again, and uh, it, it's cool. I, I enjoy going, and it's uh, uh, even though there's a lot of different feelings coming up. It's so funny you say that. I totally forgot. You just recently did a video with the Swedish Embassy um, over a. I don't. Okay, you may have to tell me because I can't remember what it's called now. But eating some kind of pastry. Yeah, it was Seven very up. well done. Sorry. Yeah, they, they, they're good. It's called the Samla, uh, Swedish tradition. And uh, uh, I think it's called Fat Tuesday uh, in Sweden. And it's a tradition of, you know, this little, uh, it's almost, I don't know how to explain it, soft uh, pastry bread with uh, this marzipan or hazelnut cream kind of in there whipped cream honestly lots of whipped cream and uh, it's a big tradition i as a kid i never liked them but it's you know it's something you kind of go into when you get older and uh, uh, they, they are pretty tasty how many did you eat that day because you did a lot of takes or at least it looks like it and it was really well done <laughs> they, they did they edited it really good uh i don't know i probably ate only two there like i would eat a bite and then you know i wouldn't finish it because that they're pretty heavy, so uh, uh, probably two. All right. It, anyway, I, I thought your acting chops were very good. You can come on our show and do some videos with us sometime. Yeah. Um, speaking of entertainment value, coming up June 6th at the Royal Ottawa in Gatineau, you've uh, teamed up with David Faraday. You're going to play golf uh, with Emmett Smith, Terry Bradshaw, and PGA Tour winner Pat Perez in a nine-hole skins tournament. Like, this is pretty exciting. I, how did you get involved in this? Uh, they asked me. They called. Uh, it was Ferretti's uh, agent, who's a Canadian, that's that's arranging all his tours. Uh, you know, I think you know I'm I'm a big golf fan. I watch it on TV. I follow, followed Ferretti on. Uh, uh, you know him announcing golf, and uh, he's extremely funny guy. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you know, I thought for sure that would be awesome if, you know, I'm in town, I would love to be part of it. So that's kind of how it happened. And uh, obviously they're able to get some uh, pretty cool guys to come along as well. It, I, it's pretty exciting. Uh, by the way, there's tickets still available. Go to fairityofftour.com 
uh, if you want to get tickets for this, all kinds of different things yeah. going on. Rain sessions, first tea, dinner break, uh, live from the rain show, all kinds of stuff. Um, do you like who would be the biggest celebrity you've met over your career? Good question. Uh, biggest celebrity. Chris Neal. I feel like it would be, count. would it be like what? a, like a Swedish pop star or something? Somebody that like we kind of obscure. Ace, Ace of Base. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Z-Bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Z-Bad. Uh, I don't know. Biggest, I don't know. Gretzky. We stumped him. Lemieux. Oh, come uh, on. Don't go. Don't do that. Alf. That's too easy. Come on. Is there like a singer yeah. or a politician Somebody that like through your career that you ended up at like a random house party, like on the road or something. <laughs> oh, there was that basement time you did ping pong with your shirt off in Ottawa. Yeah, there that was those. awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was Ottawa. Yeah, that, there was there was a party in LA one time. I think we ended up at an after party with Mickey Rourke and a, a few other uh, nice. actors. Uh, uh, but no, I don't have too many. <laughs> crazy that's where that's where the story ends right yeah Yeah, there's this one time in la we met mickey rourke and uh okay anyway next question (laughs) (laughs) can can you give us any more details it was i feel like jamie mcclennan was somehow involved but is there any details of this no and i really we we, yeah i think it was uh this early in my career too following around some other teammates uh, Steve Duchesne had connections from LA from his time there, and that's how he ended up in this uh, after party. It was a crazy house. I remember they had uh, bowling lanes inside, and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a, a different night for sure. Uh, you know, coming from Little Ottawa and yeah, LA it's for, weird. It's weird so over good. there. I yeah. I've ended up at yeah. an after party there too. And I was a call up. So like, you know, I'm wearing like a more, like a more suit. Like I had no business being there and there's like security at the house in the Hills before yeah. you go in, there's like orange trees and monkeys and cages. Like, it's just, it's just a complete separation from reality over here. Right. Like you have no idea. People don't totally. understand really until they go over and see no. it. No. Anyway. So true. Yeah. You want to tell us about your story, Matt? No, I don't care right now about that. I've already told you that. That's that was at Paris Hilton's house. Oh, and I'm not right. getting into that story. Yeah, <laughs> the recycled story. We can move right. on. Let's focus on Fair Al enough. here. Okay, well, we'll focus on the future a bit. Uh, you turned fifty in December, which is I know a long ways yeah. away. Do you have any plans to ring in number five zero? <sighs> That's old. That is so old. You can't even move oh, right now, Meth. I know. No, but so imagine what what am I going to look like at fifty? You know, I'm not going to be playing pickleball. So I don't. Anyway, we'll we'll figure that out. <laughs> uh, uh, it it doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, the age, uh, the number, it, like you, I think the like everybody, the biggest thing is how are you, how are you feeling? Yeah. How's your body? How's your mind? Uh, uh, it, it doesn't scare me to turn fifty. Uh, I think it's crazy that you know think about it it's, it's i think i retired when i was 41 uh, and i don't know how i managed to get to that age and play uh, it seems like the decline body wise goes pretty quick after that uh, yes. but uh yeah 50 i i have uh, some ideas i'm working on but there's nothing set in stone stone yet um uh, 
Uh, I think it involves warmer weather because uh, <laughs> it is in December. Uh, I'm kind of hoping that. Uh, uh, if not, we'll, we'll have to take over Elgin Street and throw a, a weekend party or something. Nice. Oh, you'll have yeah. a lot of people there if you have it in Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> Alfie's house party. Um, yeah, be, but it's yeah. but it's funny. It's funny he mentioned though, like, and that's something you don't see anymore. Alfie played until he was 41. How many players now, especially moving forward, are going to get that longevity? It's almost like you played in the golden age, right? Where now the way that with the speed and the like the youth in in the NHL, like players are going to be retiring in their early 30s. You have to think. Yeah, well, it's it's also the salary cap, right? It mm-hmm. makes it harder True. and harder. I think. True. Uh, I think the game is is easier on the body now than you know my first half of my career, uh, the first ten years. I, I, uh, I promise you, if, if they don't change the clutch and, and, and grab in 05, uh, good point. I'm, I'm done probably five six years earlier, because my hip flexors would have been totally toast. So, <laughs> um, I, I think yeah, it's it's you know obviously Chara, how old is he now? He's 44. Yeah, uh, it's it's possible, um, and um, uh, but it is harder with the salary cap. You know, once you get up, as soon as you stop dropping off in in production or in play, uh, the younger guys looks more and more attractive. Obviously, so uh, uh, it's cool when you see the guys that, that do uh, you know the Chara, what he's done, and it's uh, it's it's very impressive. Yeah, agreed. Um. I want to go back to you talking about coaches for a sec. I want to know which coach you learned the most from in your career and which coach was the least helpful. <laughs> well, you're not going to get, you're going to get a yes, very we diplomatic are. answer. I no, feel we're like. not. I think we're going to find right, out. Let, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start with the least was Dave Allison, obviously. Because uh, one, I had him for, I don't know, not even two months. No. Uh, but his view on the game, uh, was so offline with my view of the game. He was a big uh, fights was a big part of it. One of the first game he coached, I think we were playing Colorado at home, and uh, they were uh, one of the best teams in the league. They would win the cup that year, uh, and <laughs> they uh, started, I think, at foot on defense and uh, Chris Simon and uh, forward. And so they, they started a tough lineup. So our coach obviously did the same. So there was five fights before the puck touched the ice. And I'll never forget uh, Coach Allison yelling, if you're not ready now, you'll never fucking be ready to play hockey. And I'm just saying, <laughs> you call this hockey? <laughs> <laughs> and... On and on it went, and he—I don't think he appreciated the way I play the game. I guess he—he he liked other styles, and uh, yeah, I, I didn't have much time for him uh, at all, and he didn't do much for my career. I can tell you that. Uh, as far as the coach I learned the most from, Shark Martin, I think uh, tactically very solid, mm-hmm. uh, big into team building. Um, so and we also had you know I think eight plus years together. Yeah. Uh, uh, he 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 was somebody that you know. You you really have to understand that when, when a good team like and, and we became a very consistent team fairly fast under him, and we worked on fundamentals every day, every day, and it was boring as hell some days. 
and you know especially for a creative guy just to do you know warm up where you skate two guys one guy chips the puck in the boards the other guy go gets it he chips it down you alternate down the ice you know for 15 minutes uh, i could pull out my hair but now when you look back at it fundamentals are extremely important defensively we all knew what was expected of each other what each player was going to do so we became very good defensively we know we could defend uh, and uh, you know at the same time I think as we evolved as a group I think we could evolved a little bit more offensively uh, and that's you know when Brian Murray came in uh, a different style of coach uh, he was very much uh, we're going to decide how this game ends either we're going to be aggressive and we're going to take it to them and we're going to win and if not you know we, we went out on on our terms we didn't wait for something to happen we, we made mm. it happen uh, so I, th- I think there's plays for both styles sometimes and i think you see teams do that they're very aggressive on the forecheck but sometimes when, when you see teams play they they see the other team has full control of the puck they're passive in the neutral zone at times and, and that, i think that's there's a mix there you can't just do one or the other you have to be able to adapt and uh, yeah so shock and, and brian were the biggest influencers the the year you guys uh, won the president's trophy 0203 i think you led the league in goals for but you were always labeled a boring hockey team to play because you would just kind of clog up the neutral zone did you feel as players despite scoring i think 310 goals a year you played a boring style of hockey no I, we didn't feel that uh, uh i think we, we you feel good when you win uh, i don't think it matters how and to, to be able to, you know, be consistent, you have to buy in. Uh, did I love playing the, this, that style all the time? No. But I saw it gave us success. Uh, we didn't have the budget to go like the big teams. We had to uh, uh, play to the, you know, some two really good lines. And then the third, fourth line, uh, wasn't great, uh, you know, early on in my career. So we had to play smart. Uh, there's no question about it. And, and when you see everybody working together uh, and you're winning games, uh, offsets any, you know, individual points or goals you can score. Uh, and I think it brings the team closer as well. And, and that's that's the challenge um, to get, you know, everybody to buy in and, and uh, become a, a team that... Uh, you know, trust each other. When you, uh, you were captain for 97 years with the Ottawa Senators, when you became, you felt most comfortable, uh, did you have, I don't know, disagreements is the word with coaches? Like who challenged, who did you challenge the most as a coach about playing systems or styles? Or did you ever? Yeah, it wasn't always challenging, but there, there was uh, discussions and suggestions uh, that went in. Uh, more and more so at, at the end of the year, especially going into playoffs. Um, uh, I remember one year, I think that's the year we, we beat Tampa in the first round, ended up losing out to Buffalo in the, in the second round. We're playing against Tampa, and uh, one of the first two games, Tampa beat us, and, and we didn't play well. And we're watching video the next day, and uh, Brian was giving us shit for uh, you know uh, not being good enough in the neutral zone 
and, and <laughs> I remember telling Brian, so I no wonder, you see how much time their forwards have in the neutral zone with the puck? You give me that much time, I can do whatever they're doing too. So we either got to, you know, back up or we got to be more aggressive, take away the time and space. Uh, so we did. So we ended up being more aggressive in the next game and it worked perfect. Uh, that's just one example of, you know, we're talking about it and I wasn't pissed off per se, but it's like, I could see that our D is backing up, you know, St. Louis and, and Le Cavalier and Stan, because they have way too much space and time in the neutral zone with the puck and they're going to make things happen. Uh, you know, we were way more aggressive in the next game and then, you know, we controlled the neutral zone and ended up winning the game. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't do it all the time, but when, when there's situations you see stuff, yeah you, yeah, you would definitely bring it up. I think that's the Tortorella 25% rule quote he had from that series that the goalies were allowing pucks in 25% of the times. So like, you can't win. Um, anyway, I miss John Tortorella quote sometimes. Uh, there's a, a couple other things. One is, uh, despite the fact you haven't played, I think it's almost eight years now, seven, eight years. Um, you're still obviously an icon in this city. What is it like for you when you're in Pembroke or anywhere going to the rink? Uh, are you left alone or are you still pretty much hounded all the time? No, I, I'm pretty much left alone. It's uh, the, the positive of the pandemic has been the masks. <laughs> <laughs> right. The mask and, and the toque in the arena and everybody becomes uh, anonymous. Uh so, so it's 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 been uh, it's been good. Obviously, some people recognize you; they know you're there, or which team you're with, which is great. You know, uh, I've had, uh, met some great people, other coaches and and players, and uh, I, I still enjoy going to the rink. So, have you spoken to any young teams? Would you speak to any minor league teams occasionally? Yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. Do. You- <laughs> <laughs> I want to get to the story you tell me about uh, your friend when uh, they finally find out who you are. Yes. Well, <laughs> I know what you mean. Huh? They, uh, they were probably, they were in a tournament. We were just playing a regular season game in, in one of the Suns, uh, Bell Suns Plexus or one of the Suns Plexus. And uh, they were going in, I think, to the final. And the coach uh, saw me and asked me, can you come in and give him a pregame speech? Uh, so I said, yeah, for sure I can. So I go in and he introduced me as, oh, I got Daniel Alfredson here. And you can tell the player. I think there was maybe one that recognized me. The other guy said, no idea. So the coach <laughs> as well and and said, uh, uh, okay, this is Daniel Alfredson. He's really good friends with Eric Carlson. And then the kids erupted. Like, oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> Alfie, so, a lot of the young generations they they don't have uh, they haven't grown up seeing uh, seeing me play that's for sure which which was kind of cute but then you know he also told them that I played a long time in the NHL and a few Olympics and uh, uh, I turned out pretty pretty funny anyway. Uh, that, <laughs> but I, I, love, I love doing that too. It it, it is, and, and you see, you know, the nervousness, a little bit of anxiety with the kids. Uh, and I tell them, it's like, guys, you can go out there now and you can be super nervous and, and scared to do something. You can go out there and just give it everything you have. And I'll tell you one thing. I wish I was in your shoes, I say. Uh, you know, having that feeling again. I had a lot of time, but I'm, I'm jealous of you guys. I wish that was me going out. But I'm too old and I'm not in good enough shape. 
but you have this opportunity to so go out there and enjoy it and make it the best you know experience you can have and you know when you come back you know you work for each other and you take the result no matter what it is and just you know knowing that each and every one try to do their best for the next guy that that's i i i i, I get fired up almost when i speak to them which is <laughs> it's so cool to see when you know how much they care about you know a tournament and then when you done with your career it's you know played a thousand games and a lot of playoffs and tournaments and they kind of you know why did i get so caught up in one game and one playoff series but when you're in it it's you're in it right and it's, it's tough to explain yeah uh, do you know if those te- if that team won that you gave the speech to i i do not know no okay all right fair enough um so you brought up a very good point you listed like olympic gold and uh, major award winners and all this stuff uh, and I know you've been asked before, so I'm going to ask it again. Uh, are you waiting to go into the hall of fame? Uh, the hall of fame question comes up, but I know it's tough to answer. Cause you're like, you don't have any say in the matter. Uh, does Daniel Alfredson deserve to be in the hall of fame? So my audition is over. I'm not, there's no comeback coming. <laughs> I've done my part. Uh, unless I get into coaching, I guess, in the NHL again, I, I can get a second shot at it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if it happens it's great Uh, you know it it, it is a lot of people obviously when when, uh, they come around you know sometime in June there when they when they select the the next class uh, a lot of people oh you're getting in this it's a disgrace if you don't get in this year's this year and uh, a lot of people are 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 biased obviously Uh, I haven't gotten into what's really the criteria what do i deserve do i don't i don't know i don't know how they uh, vote or what what take into account uh, uh i think it would be really cool to get in i think mm-hmm. it's uh you know uh, seeing hosa go in uh, yeah. last year was was, was a special uh very deserving you know knowing the guy and how he carried himself throughout his career both playing for Slovakia and, and, and the NHL. It's cool to see uh, guys getting in that, that you know. Um, and maybe one day I'll be there. I don't know. But it's it's uh, it's not something I'm uh, thinking a lot about. All right. Well, I totally hope you, you get there for sure. Uh, last question I have for you. Uh, it became an internet sensation when I accidentally asked you what your favorite snack was. And now, basically, I have to ask it to every guest who comes on the show. So has anything changed in your love of chips, is that your, as your favorite snack? Uh, no, chips is still my favorite. The only thing maybe that's, I don't know what I said last time that might have changed is I love hummus with it. Uh, hummus is my new go-to, and, and uh, I'm trying to switch from chips to more vegetables and hummus, <laughs> but the chips slide in too many times still. Uh, yeah. <laughs> love it. Chips, uh, it is. Uh, Alfie, we appreciate your time. Uh, and I hope that you will join us again for an episode around 200. And so we can check in again and see how you're doing. Although I do hope you're back around the organization a lot sooner than that. So uh, thank you for your time again, as always. Uh, we appreciate everything you do for us. The greatest center of all time, Daniel Alfredson. Brent Mark, thank you guys and keep up the great work. As always, our thanks to Daniel Alfredson for stopping by. Uh, Matthew was our first guest, and then he became our 101st show guest. So 
Um, my question I have for you regarding that, as we welcome in Craig to the show, our good friend, uh, nice to see you as hey, always, up, guys? And I- is, is you had Adam Foote and Rick Nash as your two captains in Columbus. You get traded, you come into Ottawa. I don't know how much you know Alfie at the time. Is there a, what is, I guess, the first meeting like with Alfie? Is there a sense of aura around him? How does uh, this play out in your mind when you see Alfie? I was a little familiar with them just from skating with them in the summertime, right? Being an Ottawa based guy. So I'd skate here and stay in Ottawa till mid August and all the senators would roll into town. So I'd skate with them in Canada, but I mean, I never really had a lot of long interactions with them. So um, yeah, when I got to Ottawa, it was a little, I don't want to say intimidating, but you know, as, as an Ottawa area guy being very familiar with Alfie from a fan's vantage point, um, you know, it was, it was really cool. And, um, really need to, to, you know, to first meet him and then have some conversations with them. And, um, absolutely. I would say one of the best captains I've ever had. I hate, I hate stacking them up against each other because captains all lead in their own way, right? They're some all of them are vocal. Some of them. Yeah, exactly. Some of them are vocal off the ice. Some of them are, um, you know, just lead by example on the ice. Like Nasher in, in, in Columbus was never a raw, raw type guy in the room. He was just, you know, very quiet, but led by example on the ice with his play, Adam foot, maybe more of the opposite where he was a gritty guy, but very outspoken in the room. Alfie was sort of a mixture. I want to say like where, you know, he was very much a great leader, obviously on the ice, but off the ice when he spoke, everyone listened and he wasn't shy to speak, but he didn't do it. He wasn't a windbag, right? Like he wasn't always talking. It was, he was very selective and meticulous with when he would speak up. And, and, and so I think that's, and, and, almost had a, like a father figure vibe to him. Like you had such a deep respect for the man because he was always so composed, never got too emotional. Um, so, and, and he wasn't shy to speak up against a coach. If he had to, you know, if he felt something was wrong or off, he would do it in a respectful way, but would still call them out on it. So Alfie was a special captain for sure. And I mean, what my views of him and being around him, absolutely no question, a hall of famer. And I'm sure he'll get his due at some point. Was he ever wrong? Whenever he stood up in the room and I don't know if he chewed anybody out or said something, did anybody go, well, that's not right. Or you just went, yeah, he's right again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't recall <laughs> one moment where he was wrong and he was so good. Like I, I remember, you know, after practices, like he'd come up to you sometimes he'd come up to me and he'd, he'd recommend a couple of things as far as um, dump ins and my retrievals and um, ways to turn and ways to carry the puck out of the zone. And he would work with me like, he'd stay out there when the practice was over and do drills with me. And he'd do that with everybody, you know? And so um, as an older, as a veteran, like that's, that's, that, that speaks volumes, you know, to his character, because it's easy for an older guy, an older player, you know, a vet to just get off when practice is over. So um, that seems kind of trivial, but it goes a long way with players. Like I'm here, I am talking about it. What, uh, how many years removed from the Ottawa senators and it still sticks. So um, yeah, special player. I, I had nothing but respect for Alfie yeah. and I'm sure everybody else feels the same way. I, I, I grew up with them basically. Cause I came in while Lexi Ashton was the captain. Yeah. And so, uh, he was just always, I guess, Alfie, the player, as opposed to Alfie, but he always felt like a, a leader anyway. You just knew yeah. even just, when the yeah. ass was a rare yeah, leaders are around. Sorry. Yeah. Leaders are special that way. They don't go out of their way to lead. It just comes natural, right? Players gravitate towards them. They don't need a letter to tell everybody that they're the captain. You already know they are. So that's the thing, you know, and, and that, that, that was a great trait of Alfie's off the ice is that, like I said, had that father figure vibe 
and commanded so much respect from the group. Would he park his Porsche on the lawn? <laughs> no. And that's another thing, right? Like Eric, Eric, Eric was a great captain too, just in, in his own right, different. And, and obviously Eric was younger when he was captain with yeah. us, but I mean, Alfie would never, yeah. Alfie would shake <laughs> Alfie. Alfie would tear a strip off of Eric for doing something like that, you know, and that's, that's what separated them. And, but Eric was also uh, my D partner. So he was able to take more liberties with me when it came to the bullshit off the ice. Yeah. You two are like brothers more or less. Uh, Craig, did you have yeah. any uh, interactions with Alfie early on that you were intimidated by? Uh, yeah. I mean, see my early ones with him would have been just like uh, marketing things or whatever. Like when I was yeah. kind of earlier in my stuff where I got to know him the most was when he was on the hockey side of things for a little bit. Oh, like yeah. I remember we were at the draft, I think it was in Buffalo and usually we're there for like four or five days or whatever. And you got to rock uh, a bunch of different suits for draft day, but you're also going to want a bunch of polos and stuff. So I remember I hit up uh, the send store guy and I was like, listen, man, I, I I need some new polos or whatever. So he's just like, Oh, perfect. We got a bunch of these. And he threw me a couple They're like, they were like samples essentially. Right. And I was like, Oh, perfect. That's what I need. And Alfie, he roasted me about those like nonstop. <laughs> I remember walking in and someone's like, I've never seen that shirt before. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's just a sample. And someone's like, Oh yeah, it's unique. I remember being like, yeah, one of one. And he's like, yeah. He's like, do you want to know why they never made more than one? I was like, fuck. Like, he was just all over me that whole weekend. So I love I'm, it. Yeah. It was great. Like that, that's maybe, maybe he was different in his post playing career. I don't know. Uh, no. but that he, that he, I think he was, I think he just kind of transferred that loose kind of funny, dry, sarcastic, whatever, and brought it over to the hockey right. side of things. So he made it easy yeah. to get along with like super passionate, like, just like Matt said, he, he's a different leader than, Carl or Brady or these other guys, but yeah. uh, maybe more of a traditional, right? Captain lead by example, yeah. only speaks when he really needs to. Some some other guys are different like that, but that yeah. look how strong that room was too, though, right? With Chris Phillips in there and Wade Redden and oh. Chris Neal and Chris Kelly and Mike Fisher. And like, he didn't need to, he didn't need to yell and scream, right? Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. kind of be a little more stoic. So I, anyways, that was my takeaway from, from seeing it from the outside and then from the inside. Yeah. He's just kind of that guy all the time, which is great. Uh, he is a great tripper, a uh, very good sarcastic <laughs> yeah. dry whip. Uh, yeah. I want to get to the masters just before we do that. Don't forget, uh, head over to gongshowgear.ca for all the latest in the wham apparel, uh, gongshowgear.ca, uh, go to collaborations and find their stuff there. Also, they got all kinds of sales on uh, hats and buckets as always. Uh, okay. Uh, the masters this weekend signals the, start of the year it feels like to me um meth you're a somewhat of a golfer i don't know if i can call you a good golfer i've golfed with you so um average (laughs) (laughs) but you took it up late i will say that all right so we're gonna make our master's picks here um i'm gonna go uh, meth you start with who you think is gonna win and you can pick a dark horse if you want we'll give you two yeah well i'm gonna go so my dark horse i'll go with with just with tiger because i'm a i'm a huge super oh. fan when it comes to tiger woods so i just i want to pick people that i'm cheering for right like i could pick winners which is fine but i also want to cheer for them right so you'll never see me pick patrick reed for example i or or even sure i shouldn't say bryson because i i respect and he, it's admirable what he's doing when he's changing the game a little bit but but i know who you're picking so i want to be a little different but i do like your pick wally however I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson just because I like the hockey lineage that he's got the tie to. And I'm just a fan of him. I like how he pounds the ball off the tee. And when he gets into the zone, that man is unbeatable. So I don't know how he's been playing otherwise this year, but my dark horse, as I said, Tiger Woods, DJ is going to be my go-to guy. Maybe an honorable mention. I'll throw Kepka out there, but for me right now, it's those two. Well, one of the things to watch is the Tiger 
betting line, I think, is now at like plus 3,500. It was, I think, yesterday at about seven or 9,000. Like it's moved considerably since he's obviously committed to playing and whatnot. But a lot of the lines uh, have moved up. Even Dustin Johnson, I think, was around 1,900 or 2,000. And now it's at 1,400 on sportsinteraction.com. 1,500, I think, isn't it? He's plus 1,400 right now. Oh, okay. So it's changed again. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Uh, Craiger, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm not the biggest golf guy in the world, so I usually look at the guys that I know that perform well. And Meth, Meth brought him up when we were shooting before. It's like I like Jordan Spieth. Like he yeah. he consistently plays well at the the majors. So it's like okay, maybe let's yeah. maybe let's roll with a guy like that. I, I mean, I'm never going to take like a, a Rom or something like that. The, Spieth uh, is, is not, a good pick. Spieth yeah, is a good pick. Right? I told you guys before yep. the show. Yeah, he's from Dallas. He lives in Dallas. He's friends with a bunch of the players. Likes hockey. Goes to the games. It's a good guy to cheer for. Yeah, yeah, and and plus he's been around for I don't know. There's so many new guys. I don't know them all. Uh, yeah. I don't. Yeah. So I went with. I didn't want to go too sleeper ish. I didn't want to go too favorite ish. Yeah. So there's a bunch of guys kind of in that okay. I don't know, eight to twenty range that I like. And Jordan Spieth, that's my pick if you want. He's a plus fifteen hundred. So who is yeah. your? Do, do you have a dark horse? Uh, I'll take Tiger Woods then too. That seems obvious. I mean, that's but that's where. Like, yeah, I mean, it's more so like. I'm going to pick him because he's going to be on the broadcast nonstop, right? Like yeah, I'm going to yeah, watch because sure. I'm good. If until I'm he misses the cut. Oh, but it's a, such a good yeah. comeback story. I mean, the guy was in a like life and death accident. You know what I mean? And he's come back and he's like at the time, right after the accident, people were talking about how he might not ever play again. So, I mean, I love a good comeback story and he's done it before. I'd love to see him do it again. Fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking as my pick, uh, and it's mo- he moved considerably from yesterday, which I'm a little disappointed. Uh, plus 1,000, Justin Thomas, who's sitting just behind John Rahm, who's the yeah. clubhouse leader, if you will, is the front guy. I, uh, Justin Thomas's game is suited for the Masters. He can't putt yeah. very well. He just needs to get inside 10 feet, and he can probably knock them down. Uh, the long shot for me is Adam Scott, which I, I don't know. I just You needed to pick somebody outside, so I think he's like plus 4,600. Yeah. So I'm taking Adam Scott as the dark horse. Nice. Are we betting anything on this? Because we I heard there was an earlier discussion about methoing stakes and things like that. Whatever. Did we ever clar- did whatever we ever clar- you guys want to do. <laughs> did we ever clarify that one? So What's, no, we don't have to bet anything. Just a lab but we'll, we'll go play around a golf or something sometime. We'll just make it a thing where everybody wins. But yeah, to go back to your thing, I couldn't remember what it was, but I did. Meth did owe us some kind of barbecued steak because I remember yes. making a joke. There was no, I was, it was, it was win-win for me. I, regardless, one of you guys was making me a steak or something. So. <laughs> That's all I remember. But anyways, we'll we'll take care of that next week, anyways. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting. I'm hungry. Um, so <laughs> Monday show sits around the corner. Thanks as always to Alfie for stopping by. He's been fantastic. Uh, Bobby Ryan is back as we do the Wham Bam show once again. He will be here on Monday. We're going to talk about Ryan Getzlaff and the comparison with Alfie in the Hall of Fame. That's going to be the topic. We will see you guys on Monday live at 1 p.m. Boys, have a great weekend. We'll talk soon.